Welcome to the Round 20 Super Coach Coach Podcast. I'm Marcus, and this week, joined again by Donnie. Welcome back. Thanks, Marcus. Great to be back. And CJ, welcome back to the show. Hi, folks. Lovely to hear you all again. We've got uh, quite a few questions around the finals this week. So looking forward to getting into some questions. Hot runs home, essentially. That's what we're all looking for. Taking out the League Cup, uh, we got questions on Tom Stewart returning to field. Couple of Geelong supporters here, a bit worried about not having him on the run home and uh, affecting our ability to cheer wholeheartedly for whenever he touches the ball. But before we get into all that, let's go around the grounds and have a check in on how we all did over the weekend. CJ, do you want to kick us off? Sure. I did okay. I covered uh, Hewitt with Jacob Ware. I managed to score 2,398. This week, which was good enough to see me move up a little bit. I'm sitting just inside the top 1400, which is pretty good. That's my best rank so far this year. So, um, we've been steadily improving. So hopefully we can crack that top 1k the rest of the year. Rory Laird is just absolute, Monster. absolute beast mode. He's relatively unique too, which is surprising. He's in uh, less than 20% of times. Yeah. I picked him over trading McRae back in at the end of the buys and that trade has been one of the best ones I've made in quite a while. Johnny, how was your weekend? Yeah, pretty good weekend for me. I ended up with a 24-26 and that jumped me up to sitting just knocking on the door of the top 3K at the moment, which I'm pretty happy with. And I'd like to pass on my thanks to, uh, to George Hewitt for missing last week. I was all set to trade out Crips to Rory Laird, but uh, I instead went Hewitt to Rory Laird uh, and... That meant I got to pocket Cripps nice 118 as well. Take Rory Laird as captain. Hopefully he's still got a few more ranking spots to move up. Got three trades left and um, looking to uh, use them to get me through to a grand final win. You've had a few yo-yo seasons. This, this season's uh, looking pretty good for you, don't you? would be pretty chuffed about that. Yeah, really happy with how this season's gone. And uh, hopefully we're both chasing down CJ. He's leading of the podcast hosts at the moment and uh, hopefully we'll get him by season. I'd say it's an unassailable lead. (laughs) (laughs) It's a long way. 150 points is a, is a long, a long way to go. Really? Yeah. So podcast listeners wouldn't know this, but you are about to go overseas for a jaunt for a bit and, uh, well, you keep this commitment up to stay ahead of all of us and checking uh, yeah, it's going to be, I'm going to be on a plane on Saturday in a couple of weeks time. So I'm going to be definitely setting and just crossing my fingers and hoping that there's no late outs. Not going to be great. Yeah. So it's only really, there's that week and then there's one, the final week of the season will be, um, one I'll be doing probably, uh, on the hotel Wi-Fi. Yeah. We'll see how we go, but. Yeah, it's easy to check your super coach on the beach. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems to have aided Mark's performance this year. So yeah, you yeah, did the free time to stun you. <laughs> uh, I scored twenty five thirty one this week, so pretty Ooh, big score. That big was one. round rank of hundred and twenty seven. So best rank for the round for my season so far. I've been telling Mark that I've going to peak at the right time and uh, sail past him. Uh, unfortunately, Merritt had a huge score, so he's retained the lead by the slimmest of margins against me, but uh, hot on his towels. I've moved up to 
2044th, and I think Mark's sitting 50 spots higher at 1994. So tight crunch in the finish, but I'll keep my fingers crossed. Had Aaron Hall come back, which was awesome, scoring 119. Harry Himmelberg continuing to do his thing. And my smoky trade in last week, Tom Hawkins, came in to cover for George Hewitt with Himmelberg's being able to pivot up back and Hawkins delivered a 141. So really big week. Probably not going to be replicated too many times when your key position forward goes big, but we'll take it for the one week. We're going to head have a quick look at our Super Coach Coach groups. Just to give a shout out to top scorers there. I didn't manage to top score in our Patreon community. Top score there was Troy's team with a 25-58. Congratulations to Ioneth Krakens. Huge score, round rank of 37. And in our main Super Coach Coach group, top score for the week was Dale's team, Libba on a Prayer. I haven't seen that one before. It's a good name. 25-46 gave him a round rank of 66. So... Some really big scores. Uh, I think our leagues are really moving up there. So if you look at the top 100 leagues now, making up a pretty good proportion of them. I think uh, top leagues moved into about 15th, 16th. So I can tell the community is coming home with a wet sale, which is exactly what we want. We've got four more weeks, win some finals, and continue to move up the ranks. So congratulations to everyone in the community. Scoring well. Overall leaders, stakes at the moment. Our top ranked in our super coach coach group, Tyler's team, Shep Screamers, into 11th in our Patreon group. Unfortunately, Jimmy's team, Hungry Heracross, was hit by a couple of uh, unfortunate injuries with Houston being affected, uh, Hewitt requiring Buku to cover him. So he slipped to 24th. We'll keep our fingers crossed for Jimmy and Tyler. Alrighty, on to some questions for the week. And we'll start with the first one here from Rich Moore. Is it worth using a trade for where to Cully to get more forward mid cover? He's got Hoff already for deaf mid cover. Four trades left and cash in bank. So interesting one. I know CJ, you're real pumped because you have Cully in your side. He's scoring pretty well. Looking pretty consistent as well. Dunny, he's been good. As well. Yep on board the train. So yeah, keen to get your th both your thoughts on when you might actually be looking to trade in a rookie at this stage of the season. Would you actually be doing it for cover or is it more if you're needing the cash? What do you reckon? For me, it's more about needing the cash. I mean, in the situation where you've got four trades left and cash, it depends how much cash you have there and whether you've got a plan to spend that remaining money. For me, if you've got four trades left at this time of the year, it's likely you can probably just side swap any premiums that are injured rather than necessarily needing to rely on a rookie score to cover. Yeah. If you've got a good way of spending it, if you potentially pairing it with upgrading an underperforming player, like a short or a crisp to a Tom Stewart, I don't mind that trade, but in isolation, I don't think I'd be just switching rookies in the, uh, as cover when you've got trades to maybe counteract that and pick up a few more points rather than more money. Yeah, I think if you had no cover at all and you had a non-playing player uh, and you were going to bring in Cully as some bench cover, then it's probably not as bad. But uh, as CJ said, particularly with four trays left, you can comfortably sideswap one a week uh, if need be to get through to the rest of the season. So given that you do have cover uh, on those lines, because obviously um, 
got Hoff, you got Ware, you should have plenty of cover. I probably wouldn't do it unless, as CJ said, once again, you're going to use that money in a massive upgrade. Uh, I'm pretty much on board with that. Don't have much to add on that. Thank you both. Now that the next topic is Tom Stewart's return. And we've got people who are looking at potentially trading George Hewitt out this week. So it's been announced now Hewitt out for the week and will remain a back to a week to week proposition with his back problem. Uh, and we've got also a question from Jimmy. Love to hear our thoughts on Houston, Rich. Hewitt and Redmond and potential replacements from them. Is Stuart the obvious selection this week for those with cash? What do you reckon about Tom Stewart? I mean, I know people are bringing him in or manufacturing situations to try and bring him in. It, it seems obvious if you can trade to him in one that you know, if you have any of those outs, you would try and hit up Stuart in the one trade. Absolutely. If he'd be my number one target, he was absolutely dominating. Uh, even the game that he got suspended in, he put in a massive score for us. If I needed a defender or had, you know, heaps of trades and plenty of cash, then I wouldn't be hesitating bringing him in. If I could get there in one trade from a crisp or a short, I'd be definitely looking to do that this week. If I had three plus trades. Yeah. I mean, I started Tom Stewart. So did Marcus. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Just an absolute gun. Um, I think he's averaging something like 161 at Alphabet Stadium, which he plays three of his next four games there, including a final game against West Coast, which could be a pretty big score if you're playing for finals. So he's probably my number one trade in this week, almost on any line. I think the only guy you could potentially mount an argument for over him this week is probably Jack Steele in the midfield. I mean, I'm assuming everyone has, has your lads and guys who are kind of unattainable in terms of price, but for someone who's still reasonably well-priced, I think Tom Stewart's just a clear number one option this week. Yeah. Go, yeah, go if, get him. <laughs> yeah. If you take out the game that he scored 39 and was subbed out, he's averaging 120 two-ish, which would put him at the fourth highest averaging player behind Oliver, Laird, and Neil. Mm. So I think you're right. The only one who's close to that is probably Jack Steele in terms of potential trade-in options at the moment with some surety. And you think he's out to have a point to prove or repay his teammates more like. Uh, he's the sort of player that I think will want to repay the faith from making a poor error, anticipating some big scores. Now, I guess the question is, what happens if you don't have the cash to hit Stuart in one? How many trades would you need to have to double trade to hit up Tom Stewart? Would you be happy to go down to one trade or would you need at least four so that you'd be left with two on the run home? My preference would be to have four to go down to two. As most listeners would know, I'm pretty risk averse. I would like to at least hold two for those last three weeks of finals because unless you've got a floating premium on your bench that you can use as cover, uh, if you're just relying on rookies or some of those mid-price guys on the bench, I'd rather have two trades left to deal with any issues in those last three weeks. But if you've got at least one or if you're even luckier and have two, floating semi-premiums on your bench, then you could go down to the one. But it's really about what you've got as cover if you do get stuck with a couple of injuries in those last couple of weeks. CJ, I know you're a bit more uh, adventurous than me. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I mean, I'm in this exact situation. I've got three trades. I have no cash in bank. I would really <laughs> like to go Hewitt to Tom Stewart. I didn't do Hewitt out to a different premium. Like I could have gone like Sicily last week and burnt two trades and it felt too risky last week. But given I haven't had any injuries this week, it's definitely weighing on my mind. As you said, Danny, if you've got a floating premium able to cover multiple lines, like say you have a Harry Himmelberg or some kind of swing with like a Mark Blitzarves type or like a crisp sitting in your midfield. I think then having one trade and bringing in Stewart is, yeah, absolutely the way to go. But if you're in a situation like mine, you kind of just have to decide whether it's time to roll the dice. The Cats and the Blues both play uh, Saturday evening. So you do get to have a look at four of the nine games of the round before needing to decide. So you could theoretically watch and see if you've had any um the first half of this round with no injuries then potentially that's enough to tip you into the camp yeah that might be uh how i decide things but yeah it's very so, much risky so i guess i'll break down how i think i would look at making the call for the listeners and not used to this type of math you're basically just wanting to compare the two trade versus the one trade scenario so you're looking to do projections on Stewart versus the alternate projection, and then check if the variance is high enough to take a risk on spending the extra trade, essentially. Um, and things that you might factor in as bonuses is if you're trading out a non-playing 200K player to a playing player like Jai Colley, then you also get the added bonus of having some cover on the run home. Who would you be considering, CJ, if not for Tom Stewart? There's a few options. Here it's at 536. So he's not at a terrible price. If you don't have Sam Doherty, I think Sam Doherty is a pretty, pretty easy trade in. He didn't have a great score on the weekend. He had quite a good DT score. He jumped it up pretty efficiently. Um, pity the game was a blowout. Otherwise he would have been okay. Here's probably my, my first trade in option in my situation with no cash. If you already have Doherty, then things get a little bit more difficult, but I think Adam Saad's not a bad shout. Either he's been on a pretty hot run of form. He's got 136 last week. He and Cripps seem to benefit a little bit from Hewitt being out, just meaning there's a little bit, just slightly more super coach pie for those guys to uh, take up. The other one I've been looking at as a super risky, super budget option is Dane Zorko, but I don't think I can honestly advocate for bringing in Dane Zorko. If you don't have any cover, I think the only situation where Zorko is a feasible trade-in is um, as a kind of D7, M9 additional premium. So that's yeah where I'm looking at the moment. So let's go with the best case scenario, Doherty. What do you think he averages for four rounds? Doherty's been averaging 108 this season. I think that's probably a pretty safe place to peg his scoring at. So yeah, I think 100, we'll say 105 to make the maths easier. And what would you give your best case on Tom Stewart? I think Tom Stewart honestly could go, I mean, he's averaging 122 pre-injuries average at GMHBA is 161 this year. So I'd say 125 is definitely not outside the realm of possibility. I'd, I'd even go like one, 130. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 20, 20 to 25 points per game. So if you take 130 versus 105, so you're probably taking the upside on Stewart and you're taking the downside on Doherty, that's 25 points per game. That's 100 points by the end of four rounds. And truthfully, that's reasonably marginal for X amount of games to go. 
if you're covering a donor, that's how much points you're looking to save on the run home. So it's not an absolutely awful decision. I think the roll of the dice could potentially be worthwhile, but you are looking at pretty optimistic scenario, I guess, in terms of 130 versus 105. Having said that, the sample size is small enough. He's scored 150 twice out of the three games he's played there. And so, again, I can understand people wanting to risk it. I pretty much would go back to your starting position, CJ, and saying that, like, I would only really be w- willing to go down to one trade if I had a spare premium on bench. Yeah, Otherwise, it's just a blanket. No, take Doherty, stay on two trades. And, yeah, even... If you have a spare premium, I still think it's a pretty marginal call. So as a Geelong fan, I maybe might do it, but I, think I can understand it is probably sensible to ad- advocate not doing it yeah. in that scenario. Mm. It yeah. is. We are hitting the point of the season where with four weeks to go, the value of a trade really um, starts to diminish. So if you're in a situation where you have that additional cover of a premium, you're probably not really able to make up the hundred points that you get, say, covering a donut because you have that premium to cover. So picking now is a time where you can actually bank a hundred points from a trade is um, not a bad way to spend it. But I agree that um, you don't want to absolutely pants yourself by trading down to one or no trades left and having minimal cover. And all of a sudden you have a three week injury and you've just torched your season. All right. I think we've talked about Stuart enough. I think it would probably worthwhile spending a little bit more time just talking about the people who have, there's a few backline outs like Houston, Mm. Rich, Stuart, Redmond. Now for those players who cannot hit Stuart and you don't have money in bank, um, CJ, you've covered a couple of the options. I think Doherty, if you don't have him, yep, he definitely makes sense. Zorko's certainly the high risk pick. We we did get a question about him. I think your call out is good. I wouldn't be bringing in Zorko as the replacement player, but potentially the a backup premium. If you can use the trade to Zorko to free up cash to let's say upgrade, if you're in a scenario where you're not all premium, upgrade to steal elsewhere. That's maybe the only time where you'd consider bringing Zorko in as your D6, but how about other players that we might look at? Aaron Hall's obviously very high risk pick, but high upside. Jimmy's also asked about Witherden, Young, anybody else that you might look at, Dunny, in the back line outside of the players that we've talked about already? A couple that you mentioned, like Aaron Hall, uh, some people got exceptionally lucky with him last week. I don't know who that would be. Marcus and having him come in as a late in uh, with a massive score, but well, you're right. I mean, he he has shown us in the past some big scoring, but he's also shown us that he can uh, get injured in the first five minutes or put in a, a stinker. So high risk, high reward. But he's also under 500k, which makes him a lot more reachable than what Stewart is. Witherden, I don't mind him either, but he is also can be a bit variable with his scoring and he has been dropped a couple of times. Yeah, there's no way I'm taking a guy who isn't necessarily the best 22. Look, I think he's probably one of their better players, but they seem to keep dropping him, which well, is... He's a better uh, super coach player. I think he's not a great footballer. Like, be like Aaron Hall, and he has not a single defensive bone in his yeah. body. Like, he's such an unaccountable That's footballer. exactly what we like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, Hall, Hall at least provides a bit of drive off half back. And I've actually yeah. seen Hall go back with a flight once or twice, but 
I don't think, I don't think with it in, yeah. No, I'd, I'd probably would stay away from him, but um, <clears throat> he's very, very cheap. Other couple that you could look at, Bailey Dale was pretty popular a few weeks back. You know, he pulled in a, a 105 this week. He's averaging uh, 105 for the season, so he's certainly one you could look at. Another one, uh, a 136 last week, uh, and he's got Adelaide this week, so he should score well again. He's Adam Saad for Carlton. He's a bit of a unique that you could pick up. Averaging 102, so he's certainly not having a bad year. And he's sitting at 504K. So they're probably the main ones that I would consider uh, having a look at. Not really. Throw in a smoky. Yeah. Uh, Tom, yeah. Tom Atkins has averaged yeah. 103 across the last six rounds with three of the four games at GMHBA yep. and uh, West Coast in the final if you're a league player. Yeah, absolutely. He's been having a really good run. He's someone that. I've seen his name pop up in more than one place uh, in recent weeks. So you're right. He could be a bit of a smoky. He'd be very, uh, a very nice unique for you as well. Could also go to the other Geelong bias player is Mark Blitzarves, particularly mm. with the news that Reece Stanley's yeah. at kind of medium term, like four, four to six weeks with a meniscus injury. In the three games that we didn't have Stanley play this year, Blitzarves scored 111, uh, 101 and 116. So... Mm. Another potential option, depending on that's very contingent on whether Geelong Bridge is a ruckman or whether we just roll with Blitzarves as the first ruck. Yeah, match up against Tim English this week. That could be an interesting one. Yeah, I'm yeah. Excited about that. I think the last one that I'll throw in there is a bit of a forgotten player, but he's been a ultra premium backline previously. Luke Ryan. Yep. 498k, averaging 112.3 across the last three. 128 back-to-backs against Sydney and Richmond. Yeah, playing Melbourne this week, and Melbourne do give up some points. I don't mind that as a pick at all. Um, you're right, he was a, an ultra-premium a couple of years back. Hasn't really been mentioned as much recently. Uh, and I think you mentioned earlier Marcus Hayden-Young from the Dockers as well, uh, another one that you could certainly look at. So there's plenty of options out there. Depends how unique you want to go and uh, how much of a punt you want to take. But if I had to take anyone this week... It, it would be really hard to go past Aaron Hall if I had a, a couple extra trades left just in case he gets <laughs> <laughs> I think for the upside certainty, the risk in, on injury is really high, but Hall basically will score well if he, he stays will. on. Yeah. If he stays yeah, yeah. on the field, you can bank 100, 110 from him every week. I, I think my final point on that is just this is the time of the year where you can have a little bit more fun with your picks. Yeah. You only Variance. Need yeah. You only need him to last four weeks. You don't need a yep. season out of him. And yeah, but he hasn't played four games in a row this season. <laughs> well, Paul <laughs> aside, I guess it's about saying that, like, even the best predictors are not really that able to predict the four-round sample size. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's really hard, honestly. I get questions now on the run home, like, you know, who should you go with? And the way that we give advice is based on probabilistic yeah. thinking, which mm. tends to average out across a longer season. But honestly, it's really hard to give sound advice on like what's going to happen over a four game sample size, what could happen in those games against the matchups probably be a little bit more willing to look at, you know, who's playing North Melbourne and things like that, especially if they're out with COVID and, you know, in the must-win final. So anybody playing North Melbourne, you know, Essendon players certainly look better this week if you don't have 
you know, Zach Merritt and you're needing a big league victory. Like Nick Hind potentially is a guy we haven't talked about who you might consider. He's averaging 108.7 across his last three, 101.2 across the last five. Like these are the sorts of players that you might think about if you are um, wanting to take a bit more of a risk and it's just it's the time of year to do it. I did it with Hawkins. I got lucky for 140. Like it just, it's when you can have some fun. So I think yeah. go for it. Next question. This one's from Anthony. Thoughts on short Dacos and Crisp to Stewart. So it leaves him with two trades. I just wanted to add this one in there. So we talked about injured players to Tom Stewart. Would you be thinking about a scenario where you side swap to Stewart if you still have three trades and you can do it in one? Two trades is comfortable for the last three rounds after this next trade period. What do we reckon about a side swap there? Yeah, if I, if I can get there in one trade, I'm happy to do that. Sadly, I can't. Easy yes for me. I'm considering going down to one. So <laughs> <laughs> He's saying he would be stuck with Cameron if he does that. Cameron looks like he's about to drop off a cliff. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's Jeremy Cameron, in which case you were laughing. <laughs> yeah. Part two of Anthony's question is doing that means that he might have to keep Darcy Cameron. And uh, I guess the question there is, would you prefer to trade Cameron to Marshall? So Marshall had a actually disappointing week one uh, as the number one ruck. Um, he can't get to Gorn, unfortunately, Anthony, but I think definitely would consider Cameron to Marshall. Cameron had his highest percentage up forward since Grundy's been mm. out and Grundy's returning to the VFL this week. It looked like Collingwood is trying to find a way to get both Grundy and Cameron in the team. And I think that means they're trialing, pushing Cameron up forward a bit more to bring Grundy in to play that ruck role. They had Cox doing one of the ruck work on the weekend. So <clears throat> I don't think that bodes particularly well for Cameron owners. I think there's a good chance that he really starts going back to that kind of 75 average, but short and crisp are not going at much more than that over the last few weeks. Yeah. yeah it, all things considered, I think Cameron is likely to be the guy who's the most of a liability compared to short and crisp who, you know, if short starts getting played back as a defender rather than as a forward pocket, uh, he will probably start scoring well again, but yeah. So, so looking at, uh, Rowan Marshall's run. Uh, from here, he's got Hawthorne this week. Then he's got Geelong side, which should probably be using Blitzarves in the ruck. Then he comes up against Oscar McInerney uh, with Brisbane and then Sydney, who are also struggling in the ruck department as well. So he's probably got uh, a couple of games there where he should could score fairly well, um, except for Brisbane, where uh, McInerney can tend to limit some scoring. So I, I don't mind the Rowan Marshall pick, but you know, it's a bit of personal preference, I think. I think it's actually reasonably close. Probably take the safety of Cameron to Marshall, but uh, yeah. the Geelong bias in me is looking at the upside in Stewart. All right, final question for the week. Is Max Gorn back? We've got Rich looking to drop potentially Dunkley or Short, thanks to English and Himmelberg DPP. You can bring in Gorn for either of those two players. What do you reckon about bringing in Max Gorn Return to a 130 plus score against the Bulldogs. Dunkley seems to be nursing a little bit of uh, something sore, not playing 100%, and Short's been played out of position. What do you reckon? I don't know whether Gorn is back per se. I think with Lever missing last week, I think Gorn had to go and push back and take take intercepts, which he does when he's playing well. But yeah, he hasn't been 
clunking them that well all season. I still think if you need a Ruckman, Gorn is definitely the, the obvious choice this week, but I'm not, given how poorly pretty much all the Rucks have been scoring this year, I'm not convinced that Gorn is going to go back to the max Gorn of old and score 125 for the rest of the year. The Dogs have a pretty tough run home. Took the Chockeys against Melbourne in a thrill last week, but they played Geelong at GMHBA, Frio at Marvel, and then they've got a bit of an easier draw with GWS at Marvel and Hawthorne down in Tassie as their last two. I think I'd probably rather still have Dunkley than Short. It's actually a lot closer than I um, thought it would be had you asked me at the start of before the games last week. Yeah, I don't think I would do that trade. Uh, agree with the assessment on Gorn. Uh, if you need a ruck, great. Potentially Cameron to Gorn would really be the main reason to look at Gorn this week, but uh, not a side swap of an underperformer to a Gorn who basically been hitting sub-ton way more than he's been hitting the ton. Cool. And with that, we'll wrap up this week's show. Thank you, gents, both. I think ended up having a bit to discuss about with uh, the temptation of Stewart and uh, some of those defensive premiums missing games. Hopefully most of our listeners have dodged that challenge you know, or you have cover for George Stewart. I know quite a lot of teams have uh, the premium floater at the moment, not to rub anything in CJ. It's fine. Some people aren't ranked like above the top 2K, so it doesn't matter how you get. <laughs> and you've only got to be there at the end of the season. It doesn't matter yeah, where you're during. I've heard, I've heard the last four picks. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Thanks, gents, and uh, thanks, community. We'll catch you next week. See you, everyone. Thank you. Don't want to make you crazy. Don't want to make you crazy.